Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road. We are in the... Dare I say the overflow lot of the uh, Souterville. Several RVs surrounding us. We're right next to Uncle Andy's Heisenberg Mobile. It is Nebraska. It is Oklahoma. Touching gloves uh, for the first time in a long time. And it's been an incredible week of nostalgia. But uh, the now is here. As uh, Nebraska, an opportunity to take care of business, put a good showing on uh, for all the great folks in the state of Nebraska, but also. Uh, that national narrative of the Big Red. What does Nebraska do? How do they look? How do they perform in a big game? Numbers to get in this morning uh, with the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. 466-3776, 466-3776, or 800-825-5865. Can email chris at halevarsity.com. Mark at HaleVarsity.com. Mark Cranach, of course. Uh, find him on Twitter at Mark Skurs. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, the mustached Elijah Herbal is on site. And uh, he is wearing the throwback 94 National Championship uh, T-shirt. I was here in 94 with Brooke Behringer uh, getting a, a tough road win before Nebraska went on to the Orange Bowl to try and take down the University of Miami, 1996, 25th anniversary of Nebraska dropping 77, led by Scott Frost in that 1996 squad. Cranach, we welcome you in, brother. Hope you got me. Uh, what a what a week of, of feeling. What a week of nostalgia. But really, the uh, the, the time is now uh, for Nebraska to put a good showing forth. How are you this morning? I am fantastic. I hope you got me as well, sir. I, I can hear I got you. You, you can you hear me. Look at this. Lovely. Yeah. Look at that. We did it. Connor, Connor's that? already on his on his fourth pack of Camel Lights. I love it. Poor <laughs> That's kid. good. Good. We got to figure it out, though. We got to figure. It has been a cool week of nostalgia and all that, but today is where it, you know, and th- things have changed so much. Of course, things have changed so much since even Scott Frost got hired. I, I tweeted sort of in jest. I don't know, 2000, like January 2018, when Frost first got here. I'm like, you know what? The, the Lincoln Riley versus Frost in 2021 is going to feature 5 million yards. You know? Sure. If if McQuitty doesn't turn pro early, right? Right. Because yeah, we, we really know there. And I don't know if it's going to be Jebby or Tweets Martinez. that have not or, aged well for 1,000, Alex. Right? Uh, so things have changed a lot, obviously. What It's interesting today, though, in that... That like the actual matchups 
the matchups within the matchup are intriguing, right? Like, I mean, they really are. You, of course, Oklahoma's receiving core is like just strikes fear in everybody. But Nebraska counters with a really veteran secondary. And I think we've said from the get-go, that secondary under Travis Fisher, once that thing gets going, it's kind of the leader of the defense, right? I mean, that's just sort of how they're designed. They're, they're a havoc-wreaking, sound, physical secondary against a very scary Sooner passing attack. And then you also look at, um, on the other side of things, where you, you get some pass rushers for Oklahoma. You really do. You have Perrion Winfrey right in the middle, of course, is one of those guys that scares you. But you also you, you counter there with Cam Jurgens, who, who can hold his own in the middle. Right? So, like, I don't know. It, I, and maybe it's just a Kool-Aid thing where you just kind of gradually talk yourself into, you know what, I think Nebraska can hair over time. And that's probably where I'm at right now. But, I, you know, it's tough to see some sort of just raging blowout in this game. Well, I can see... A, a raging blowout, uh, and I hate going there at Seven Eleven. Yeah, but no. Hey, look, I get in, it. In, in I get it. History. When we just talk about past performance, future results, right? Yeah. Nebraska's been in this moment too many times, too many different yeah. staffs, too many different head coaches, right? Where they have an opportunity on a national stage to put a good showing forth. I t- I, I agree with you, man. I. Uh, you start Monday and you drift to Friday, and now it's Saturday where, uh, and, and coaches do this where, man, Monday we can't beat anybody. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then by Friday you get the kids elevated to a point where they believe, you believe, and, and let's kick it off and see where it goes. Uh, I, I hope it's different for Nebraska and Nebraska fans. And there is so many. We were out last night for a, a while uh, helping the economy of downtown Norman. And uh, it was just, it was cool, man. It was, it was young, it was old, it was in between Nebraska fans' uh, rooftop bar we were at, and just, and the, the DJs were playing the hits, you know. Uh, Hail Varsity, uh, Sirius, uh, yeah. uh, can you feel it? I mean, it was just on loop, and everyone was having a great time outdoors. It was just, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to be with, with family and friends, and check-ins with, uh, you know, your, your buddy uh, on a, a Husker chat group you may be a part of that's from Dallas now, up from Norman, and you're from, you know, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a reunion, right? And that's what sure. the, this feels been, is we were at Joe Washington's last night as well, where you had a bunch of the 71 crew in, and you had uh, different players, uh, Rufus Alexander, Big 12 Player of the Year, you know, back in the, the mid-2000s. Uh, he was, you know, there. I mean, so it, it was cool for old Huskers and old Sooners who'd uh, teed it up together uh, to see one another. But, Cranach, you know, it is it is a wonderful chance for Nebraska and Scott Frost and his offense offense to, uh, to move forward, right? Nebraska in these big games typically offensively have not performed uh, uber well with the uh, 2018 uh, Ohio State game being the exception. So I, I hope Nebraska... For their sake and the state's sake, the uh, the ten thousand that are down here uh, get a good offensive performance. I hope the defense can can do what they've been doing because they've really made strides. They're a really good unit, and you're right on. You're a thousand percent on with the secondary and that veteran group needing to to match up and and yeah. kind of set the tone, strike the tone along with that front seven. What 
can the offense do from a complimentary football standpoint, bud? Yeah, look, and there's there's a couple names that I think are are just going to strike fear today and are going to strike and are going to score and they're going to be tough to do. Mario Williams, that receiver, hot yeah. shot freshman, five star kid, he's a tough matchup for anybody. He he's sort of that what we hope Alante Brown can be for Nebraska. Well, you got to get smaller Alante get on the field, bud. You know <laughs> that would help, right? That would help. Um, you know, smaller, quicker, just nobody really matches up with them. Um, and then they, they Jadon Hazelwood is another guy who wasn't much of a factor as much last year, but real big physical receiver. I think Nebraska actually matches up okay with him. Um, but those are a couple names that are sticking out that I, I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot about today. And then, you know, Belody and, and Winfrey uh, rushing the passer pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, the, the X factor in all of this is, I mean, it's, tr- it's Adrian Martinez. And, sure. it, and on top of that, it is creative play calling you know there's that old thing that everybody kind of hopes for but rarely sees where it's like well i think nebraska's saving their offense saving their special plays for this game they're not showing anything offensively and they're going to save these secret plays for oklahoma i think that's actually going to happen today you know we forget as for as much as the offense has struggled frost is a creative play caller a creative play designer I mean, that was his reputation coming in. Nebraska's had trouble executing a lot of things, obviously. Um, but I'm pretty sure he has more than a couple sort of pet plays, pet approaches um, that Oklahoma does not have on film, that Oklahoma is not expecting. That I think Nebraska's going to roll out today. You know, and for, for whatever we want to say about how Nebraska's performed through, uh, for, through the three games already, I don't think they've been in a rush to hurry guys back that are maybe questionable injury-wise. I think Nebraska's been gearing up for this one in more ways than one. I think they've been doing that physically. I think they've been doing that game plan-wise. And you're going to need to hit. <laughs> That's the thing. Is you can show these you know, odd formations and, and you know these pet plays, sort of like Ohio State circa 2019 coming out in the triple option um, you know, with, a, with the I formation and then handing it off to Mills as a fullback. Nice little wrinkle, but then you follow that up with a pick. You have to actually hit on them. But I think if Nebraska does, it could be interesting because I'm I'm I am certain that Nebraska is not going going to roll out um, with just you know stuff that's just on tape. They're not going to do that. They're gonna there's going to be some tricky stuff today. Um, maybe not tricky, but just creative, new wrinkles, stuff they haven't shown. Um, and they're going to have to hit on those, and they're going to have to be healthy today. You can't be, you know, Oliver Martin's out. You can't be rolling out with pretty much Samore Toure and then whoever at receiver. Manning's got to be able to step up and play. Austin Allen's got to be able to come back. Vokalek hopefully can be a factor for the first time this year. Um, you need your top dogs today. And good sign, both of those guys made the, made the trip on the travel roster. No, you nailed it with the, the, uh, the weapons that will be at Adrian's disposal. Another point of question today is we talk about Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska. It's it's kind of all in their control, right? Is Nebraska going to help the opponent out today, right? What's mm-hmm. Nebraska's cleanliness level? That's, that's always yeah. a question. But let's flip it around to Oklahoma, right? Is, is Oklahoma truly the team that, slept walk and didn't finish Tulane uh, is that we're too good we're too 
good for you type mentality. Let's read our press clippings. Uh, young five star talent laden team. Have they been humbled enough to to take Nebraska ser- seriously? And and the other thought too is you know what's Oklahoma do if if and when they're punched in the mouth, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's a, it's a fair question to wonder when you have better competition lined up across from you how Oklahoma responds. Nebraska has been to this rodeo a lot, and uh, they have had uh, chances to thrive on a national stage. Uh, they want it so bad. They want uh, a chance to kind of silence the critics and, and that's that's a powerful emotion but uh flipping it around uh, i mean oklahoma's been anointed they're they're a team that just let's pencil them in for the college football playoff if they face some adversity how are they going to respond and i don't have any doubt that lincoln riley and his staff have done things in their power to try and get the kids ready but to ultimately it comes down to execution and poise uh, when it's a big third and eight, what's Oklahoma going to do? And yep. uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we are on the road. It's been an incredible road trip here. Real Red Reaction follows us here from the uh, the RV, uh, kind of the festival lot we're at here. A lot of tailgating, a lot of generators humming away this morning. Uh, I got a, a smaller little camel that's from Arizona that just says it's a little Winnebago that just screams, Go Big Red. Uh, across the top not a lot of folks are stirring yet but uh, the grills will be fired up uh, i'm sure there's a red beer or several being poured and of course you got a number of folks making the trek down from oklahoma city uh folks that that help make this possible uh powering our road show ferris financial group and of course aero capital uh they are helping power the road show they took us to illinois they sent us to norman and uh, it is uh minnesota in in uh, in in October, uh, Cradak, let's talk run game and let's talk philosophy. And Greg mm-hmm. Austin, by all accounts, uh, is is a very well respected offensive line coach. Uh, he has uh, has had offers to go to the NFL. He has coached for Chip Kelly at Oregon. I mean, so Greg Austin's guys up front with the depth, the talent, the rotation. You know what what is that going to be? And we've heard a lot about downhill run game but you've not seen a lot of downhill run game, and you haven't seen it uh, in games like this. Uh, talked to a couple of former offensive linemen last night to get a chance to sneak peek practice, and it's been more of an emphasis for Nebraska uh, to, 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 to be true to that car crash mentality between the tackles. I, I think you're mm-hmm. going to see that, and I think when it comes to, to what Nebraska was focusing on and working on, maybe a little bit more... Uh, aggressiveness where they are driving off the ball versus stalemating on the ball, getting in the way versus pushing someone around. You know, Adrian has been so good uh, this season, and when we factor in play action and a run game to support what he can do with his legs and his arms, man, it'd be really cool if you're a Nebraska fan to see a run game, get yourself three, four, five yards on first down, so that second down is a down that's second and three to take a shot or just have the defense not knowing. Second and nine, second and eight, you're going to throw the football in most instances. You can play with that down if you're Scott Frost and get Samare on a wheel route. You can get Vokalek on, a, on, a, on an out in the flat. You can, you can 
find uh, Irvin out of the backfield. So you you nailed it with Frost's pedigree, his creativity, and you've seen him on fire. You've seen him on fire mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator, uh, as as a head coach at Central Florida, and and sometimes think back to that Minnesota game in eighteen where you know half a hundred was put up. Nebraska was just rolling offensively. They they put mm-hmm. up a ton of yards against Wisconsin. So there's been instances where scheme, execution, and game plan have all been a hit. And uh, if you're Nebraska man, that could be uh, really cool from a from an early momentum standpoint today for Nebraska's offense to help again pair with that defense with the, with, with what they want to do. You know and. You look at the Tulane game with Oklahoma. Now, granted, it's their first. It was their, you know, it was week one, and you know, happened with Nebraska week zero. So, sort of grain of salt when it's your debut. Um, but Tulane made it interesting, and they made it interesting late. They were down pretty big. I know people maybe saw the final score and thought it was a nail biter. It wasn't necessarily like Tulane clawed their way back in, and they had it recovered an onside kick late, had a chance to to go ahead, weren't able to pull it off, but. One of the things that was effective for them was exactly that, creativity in the run game, where you're pulling guards and tackles, where you're doing a lot of misdirection, a lot of motion. Oklahoma was susceptible to those things. Um, it, a little surprising because it's the same stuff they see from their offense regularly, but that's what got it done for Tulane. So you, you hope that Nebraska has some of those things because you haven't seen a lot of that this year. You haven't seen a ton of creativity in the run game. Nebraska's just been trying to establish it like a run game of any sort. And they, they they showed the most commitment to it that I've seen in a while um, against Fordham and against Buffalo. Like, they actually did stick with it. <laughs> they actually did try to establish it. Y- you have to do that again today. Because, look, Oklahoma, when they, when they show up to a football stadium, they're going to score 35 points minimum. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, that's going to happen. I think they, I've heard a stat, it was something like since Riley took over, they've only scored less than 37 points like five times in like five years. Like they're scoring 35. That is going to happen. So and if you know that, if you know that, you don't, you can't be giving them extra possessions and you can't be giving them extra time. Make them claw their way to that 35 rather than have that by mid-second quarter, right? Because the dudes are going to score. And the way you're going to do that is by doing some ball control on offense. And let's not forget, I mentioned the X factor of Adrian Martinez. For as much crap as he gets, because he's been at the helm for one of Nebraska's worst stretches, but I don't think you really pin it on him. Quite literally, Nebraska is showing up to Norman today with the best running quarterback in the United States. Let think, and think about that. For, is there somebody better? as a running quarterback than Adrian Martinez, somebody more dangerous, the dude is a weapon on the ground. And for as much as Nebraska has talked about, we want to keep him healthy, you don't want to run him too much, you know, you got to get the backs going. Hey, so far, the backs haven't stepped up. So that's your guy. And I, what else you saving him for besides when you're playing against the number three team in the country on the road? Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what, what else are you saving him for? Um, this is it. And he's he's legitimately one of the – not not one of. He is the best running quarterback in America right now. That's who you're rolling up to Norman with. Use it. Use him. 
Tell him to be smart on slides. Tell him to run on out of bounds if he has to. Try not to absorb too much punishment. But I don't want to see this. Well, we just want to run Adrian three to five times a game. You don't have that luxury right now. No, it, it all hangs out today, doesn't it? By yeah, any means you don't necessary. have that luxury. <laughs> you run that dude. You run that dude on designed runs. Um, you know he's gonna. You know he can get it done on scrambles. You know he's good for at least one to two scramble plays every single game. Get him on some design stuff. I know he's scary with toting the ball because he fumbles a lot. And Oklahoma has five recovered fumbles this year, which is a ridiculous stat after two games. And the law of averages alone says that that should not continue. Knock on wood. Um, so that part's scary, of course. Uh, Oklahoma is trying to punch it out quite a bit. They're pretty aggressive defensively when it comes to trying to create havoc plays. But look, that's what you got. You know, you're rolling up with, with backs who haven't really proven much, and you're rolling up with a quarterback who has on the ground. Tell him to cover it up, but ride him as much as you possibly can today. Well, and if you're Alex Grinch and we got to get to break, you've not seen Adrian keep on a lot of the shotgun handoff mesh nope. moments, right? Uh, I think you're probably anticipating that if you're Oklahoma. You want to see more of that, that dual threat running back or quarterback, who's keeping, who's taking. And uh, it, I'd like to see Nebraska, God love him for trying to, to, to be physical between the tackles. But, man, they've, they've done well trying to hit the edge historically. They get out mm-hmm. on the edge on the outside linebacker on a corner, go attack that edge, a la someone else's Lamar Jackson before he decided to start tackling, right? Remember those days? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, if, see if they won any <laughs> all day. Yeah. Uh, for for Nebraska, Granak, I know you got ball this morning, brother. How's uh, how's the little guy's squad going before we uh, we get to Wistrom? Listen, man, the games it's a doubleheader. I'll never understand the scheduling. Uh-huh. The, the games I got a game at nine and then a game at twelve thirty. And you're the coach. I I didn't make the schedule. Just play <laughs> the schedule that they put in front of us. So my my strategy today, as the coach, is for the twelve thirty game. We're pitching the ace because that thing okay. needs to get over quickly, like really quickly. I got, I got pitcher, I got you know pitcher number one, catcher number one because everybody has to play. You have to switch them like every two innings. I'm like, okay, this twelve thirty game needs to zip along, zip zip zip. Done by. So we'll one. see if that works. We'll see if that. Hopefully, it's just a little quick interruption, and I can come back and catch the tail end of Nebraska's legendary victory in Norman. No kidding. Cranach, appreciate you much. Done a lot of these. And uh, one more on the road here. Hail Varsity Roadshow this morning. Weekend edition. As uh, the Nebraska fans are alive and well, they are honking the horns. Got a pickup pulling up right now. There's a couple full kegs in the back of that son of a gun. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the eggs are going to get on. The kegs and eggs will be uh, tasting wonderful. Uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, we're live in Norman. A quick timeout. Weekend edition rolls forward. Uh, Husker Hall of Famer, uh, college football Hall of Famer, and a man who wanted to be a Sooner until he didn't. Grant Wistrom on the way. Cranach, be safe, brother. We'll check in. Have a good time down there, man. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, and uh, Connor Clark back at our ESPN studios. Elijah Herbal uh, in the, the mustache uh, will join us in hour two. Brandon Bogle. Gary Sharp, a timeout, and then Grant Wistrup with the rewind. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He is a Hall of Famer, a national champion, uh, tremendous NFL talent, and, uh, and a soccer dad. He's a happy dude doing that. We say hi to... To Grant Wistrom, number 98. Grant, good to spend time with you, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Schmitty. How you doing? We're good. We are good. And uh, it is a pretty cool week for a lot of us that are that are a little grayer now. Uh, and that is Nebraska-Oklahoma week. Uh, what, what did that series mean to you growing up? Or was it one of many reasons about, that, about Nebraska that, that appealed to you? Kind of, I don't, I know I might have talked about this before, but I grew up an OU fan. I so didn't, okay, I, I never, watched, I never yeah. knew that. Wow. Yep. They had the Boz haircut and all that good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I lived in, <laughs> I lived in Florida in the mid 80s, so that would be our Christmas present every year, um, would be to go to the Orange Bowl and watch them play in the Orange Bowl. So, um, I love this rivalry from way, way back, but, you know, back then I was on the other side of the fence of it. Um, but man, so much tradition, so much, uh, so many big games, so many implications usually riding on the game. Um, it's awesome that it's, you know, been revitalized, even if it's just for a short time. It's, it's good to have it back on the schedule. Grant Wistrom's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So you were a boss guy. I didn't know you were an OU guy. So how close to the, the authentic was the haircut? It was pretty dang good, man. Uh, I it's probably about as good as you could recreate uh, back then. You know what I mean? Without having uh, the internet and you'd be able to pull right up and look at your phone, just trying to tell some lady at Supercuts you wanted some stupid haircut and hope she figured it out. Um, I think it was pretty close. So, mom and dad in favor of the hairstyle or no? That, they did not care about any of that stuff. Um, as long as your grades were good and you stayed out of trouble, um, you cut your hair however you want, wear whatever you wanted. Um, they're pretty loose on that stuff as long as the grades are good and you stayed out of trouble. Grant, uh, so do you remember seeing them in the Orange Bowl win win one of the championships, or did you see him play Miami? What What do you remember about the Orange Bowl games? Uh, I was there for when he came out with his uh, – NCAA shirt, National Communists Against Athletes, when Bosworth had that on. Um, I think I, I saw, I know I saw him beat Penn State down there okay. in that Orange Bowl. Um, and I think they played Arkansas one year, maybe, that I got. Okay. want to see. Cause, but, uh, man, it's been a long time. But it was just always so much fun going down to the old Orange Bowl, parking in people's yards, walking to the stadium in the uh, you know, downtown Miami. Uh, it, it was always exciting, and it was really the highlight of our Christmases back then, getting to see those tickets hanging from the tree. Wow. So that's totally full circle, not only going as a kid and as a as a college football fan, but then, I don't know, you guys only played in like 40 of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, Grant, uh, when we look at, at Nebraska and Oklahoma, what was it? Was Oklahoma even on the radar then when it came to, to – to choosing college, or were they just too far down? No, I, that was my actual first recruiting trip. Okay. And uh, it was right off after they came off the death penalty with Barry Switzer. Gary Gibbs was a coach, 
And uh, I really like Coach Gibbs. I got, you know, had a great just rapport with him. But like you said, they were just so far beaten down. Um, and, <laughs> you know, there wasn't any climbing out of that hole anytime soon. And Nebraska played for a national championship the year before. Uh, and not only that, when I went to Nebraska, it just it just was the place. I, I knew it uh, when I was – now, not the first time I was there. And the second time on my unofficial visit, I knew it was the place. But then, um, you know, one morning I woke up, and I have never had something put in my heart that I could not question like this, as I just knew – that I was supposed to go to the University of Nebraska. And there was just no doubt, no questioning it. It had just been put so strong in my heart that that was the only place where I was going to go to school. Brent Wistrom's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, legend for Nebraska football, uh, college football Hall of Famer, 10 years in the NFL, Super Bowl champ. And uh, his thoughts on this Nebraska-Oklahoma series that's uh, back at it on Saturday in Norman. So... I want to talk about Trev real quick. Did you cross over with Trev ever uh, in Lincoln as far as was he a host for you or was he a guy you, you, you touched base with because Trev was a senior when you were probably trying to make your mind up? Yeah, so my first visit up there, uh, it was Trev was my host. And uh, it took me out. Actually, I hung out with he and Travis. So Travis was back okay. in town for the weekend. So hung out with both those guys. And uh you know, it. Tre- I, I like Trev. Trev was a great guy, but Trev wasn't the guy that I was going to be playing with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I understand why they paired me up with him, uh, defensive end, playing the same position and all that good stuff. But uh, I wanted to come back up there, and I wanted to be around the guys that I was going to spend the next four years with, and, and that's what really sealed the deal. So you were all about who's who are my who's going to be in my class versus – a guy that's yeah. that's going to be leaving it in a pretty good spot. Okay. Yeah. Who are my dudes? Who am I going to be playing with? So what on a visit? Because you've also had to host, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I would I would assume uh, you had to host host recruits. So on a visit, what did you what did you enjoy about your visit uh, with some of your peers? And then if you're kind of selling Nebraska, you know who's going to be the next guys behind me. Um, what uh, what were what were some of the the um, what was what was the blueprint? What was the what was the uh, the outline on a Friday? <laughs> well, you I classified. Mean, <laughs> well, I, it didn't have a lot to do with education and touring the campus. I do remember that. <laughs> uh, you know, and but like how I, man, I was going to get an education wherever I went. Right. You know, I, whether whatever school I went to, I was going to find something. And I it I don't whatever you can talk about going to college and all that all you want um i was going to get an education i wanted to know who i was going to get along with because that's those are that's going to be your family for the next four years and you know only way to i know to get to know my families or work together and play together mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of working to be get done on recruiting trips but there was a lot of playing to be done and just going out hanging out with those guys and it's different for everybody mm-hmm. um I wanted I wanted to party, you know. I was away from high school. I wanted to go out and experience that stuff. So that's kind of what a lot of what my recruiting trips were, of uh, just going out and partying and being with the guys that I was going to be with. Um, when I was a host, you know, I tried to tailor. I I was a horrible host. I don't think I ever got one recruit. Really? Um, yeah, really. Um, 
but uh you know and if you're, if you're the host you just kind of tailor it to your recruit hopefully you get a little bit of a bio of what they're like before they get there and you just kind of you know schedule your weekend towards them and ask the questions you know what do you want to do what do you want to get into and you know what's important to you what's going to make you like this mm-hmm. school and try to cater to that Who, any any notable people you hosted no. no no i think they knew what they were doing when they didn't give me uh any recruits <laughs> I, I i don't know why i really don't know why i think i got like three in my entire career there and uh I don't think I landed one of them. Yeah. I thought I had a chance at one, but he ended up going to Arkansas. That that was, I don't think it was any big loss. That's his deal. Grant Wistrom's with us at Hale Varsity. Grant, what do you what do you see this season so far, and what do you think about Saturday? Yeah, you know, I've only got to watch a little bit of the Buffalo game. I didn't get to catch any of the Illinois game because I was soccering it up. But uh, you know, the defense looks good. You know, I, I defense looks strong up front. I like the way that they're playing, and I think that I that's in, obviously going to have to continue on Saturday uh, uh, for, you know, for the Oscars to stay in the game. Defense has to show up. I'm probably going to have to play a very major role if they're going to win this football game. Um, offense, you know, look good at times. I still think they're trying to find their identity. Um, but, you know, that'll come around. Offense is usually behind the defense early in the year. So, you know, I'm not. I'm not worried about anything. These guys are just going to go out and play hard and just let the chips fall where they may. You know, a guy that that has kind of morphed into from a mentality standpoint of let's let's just go have fun and yeah win. But I think Adrian's in a good spot, Grant. I think he's playing good ball. Sat, you know, that that first game against Illinois, he didn't have a, a ton of help. He's not a finger pointer either. You know what I mean? He's he's uh, yeah. an accountable guy, but he's made some plays here, especially against Buffalo, that are just nuts. And, and those are guys that, that you know, when you were playing, you'd chase down a lot of times. But that that mobile quarterback, I think, and, and that's a reality in college football now. But you know what? I mean, Nebraska could be able to hang around with Adrian on Saturday. I know what the spread is, but. You know what? It, we'll we'll see where it goes Saturday. I mean, I think Adrian could be a major difference maker if Nebraska's to make some noise. Yeah, and, and just show up and don't lay down. Yeah, you know, play four quarters of football. I don't give a care how what the score is. Do not lay down. Stay in the game and fight to the last second ticks. And that's, you know, Oklahoma's a better football team. You know, mm-hmm. right now they are a better football team. I don't think anybody in the world is going to argue that. But guys, just show up, play hard. And just let the chips fall where they may. You got nothing to lose. Just sell out for each other. Grant Wistrom's with us. Grant, we'll get you out here in a second. But back to the Oklahoma-Nebraska nostalgia and and rivalry. Did, did you, you know, were you cranked up on like level 12 for the Oklahoma game? You always seem to do well against them. Yeah, um... But, you know, big games, whether it was, you know, Oklahoma, Colorado, um... You got to bring your A game, but you know, even you know, I think it was our senior year. Oklahoma was terrible. We ended up beating them like seventy to seven or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even then, it's still Oklahoma. There's still just so much tradition, and you still expect them to come out and, and play just the way we expect the Huskers to play this weekend. That it, it doesn't matter rankings, all that stuff goes out the window when it's a rivalry like this. You, you better show up because you know dang sure well the other team is. Mm-hmm. So, how much Ted Lasso have you been streaming? Oh man, I I, I got to watch it. 
I got, well, I'm too cheap to buy Apple TV. I've got like Netflix and Hulu and I'm like, I don't need another streaming service, but I, I got a new computer for work and I got like three months of Apple. So I'm going to, I got to sit down and watch that song is, is it worth it? Uh, You know what? I, it is good. I, I'm making my way through season two. I I think I have, I've got to catch up on about three or four episodes. Okay. But it's, it's awesome. And it's funny and I'm not, not a big soccer dude, but it's just a hilarious premise where they drop a football coach <laughs> in the Premier League. Yeah. And I know you're probably getting more engulfed with soccer, as much travel soccer as you do, so maybe you'll flip it on. I still think you're probably watching NFL over Premier League. Am I right? I, I When I can, I am, yeah. No, everybody's told me it's a good show. I know i got to check it out. But the whole streaming thing, man... Um, yeah, I mean, just just go for it because I I know like I pay for Hulu and Netflix, and I'm pretty sure we, we you know the streaming service stuff grows by the week. I mean, I'm probably paying for like six different, right. <laughs> you know, Junior right. will sign up for one or Mama will, and there it is. But no, I think the Apple thing for five bucks is pretty good. Would you ever uh, contemplate doing something like Peyton and Eli are doing for Monday Night Football on ESPN? Oh, yeah, be, be the center of attention. I think I'd be all right with that. It's funny, man. It's hilarious yeah. with, with those yeah. with those two quarterbacks sitting there just doing Monday night football, and then here's Barkley, here's Ray Lewis, here's Kelsey. I don't know, man. I think Grant Wistrom, uh, Thursday night football sounds great. Well, hey, if you know somebody, tell them to call me, Schmitty. I'm in. <laughs> I need one more iron in the fire. Right? Yeah, because you're not you're not busy enough. What's uh, what's happening with uh, with uh, the medical marijuana front here? Championship. I was sitting uh, there. We've got our night. dispensary open now. We've been open. Point, we had our soft national opening about a month ago, but we're having good. our grand opening on Saturday. Um, it's going great, man. Uh, sales are going up every day. Um, got a lot of great reviews from people coming in, building a good client base, and. I don't know. It's It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I think we're helping a lot of people around here, too. Well, I know that's uh, where your heart's at, is, is helping folks. Grant, we'll uh, see you soon. Take care, man, and thanks for a few minutes. You bet, Schmidt, anytime, man. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Row Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What?! Back into it, weekend edition on the road. It's uh, Norman, we're storming. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, uh, Elijah Herbal here on site. Uh, we are in the RV tailgate uh, festival Cranach, area. Cranach, we got it. Uh, uh, we got a table Thanks. set up. Just leaving the grocery store. Todd Spidell, body shop owner. And we uh, are uh, geared up to check in with Brandon Vogel in a little bit. Also the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp will be with us. We'll take you till 9. And then don't forget Real Red Reaction. Live from uh, Tailgate Central here uh, with a bunch of Husker and uh, Sooner fans. Uh, one uh, <laughs> one group's going to be happy, one will not. Uh, we've got folks firing up engines, firing up grills. Uh, Uncle Andy made some incredible brats last night uh, and uh, also some burgers. Uh, there's a few red beers. Anyone poured a vodka yet? Yay or nay? No? We're uh, limping along this morning. Shake your head. Uh, it, it's been a great week to talk Nebraska-Oklahoma over the years. That incredible 71-team game of the century. Uh, Jerry Taggy, 
uh, with the career achievement plaque uh, that uh, was awarded last night to, to the great Husker quarterback. Jerry was awesome to see. Of course, Jeff Kinney, uh, legendary Husker running back, uh, Hall of Famer, and uh, the pride of McCook, man. He was really cool. And, uh, of course, Barry Switzer, Joe Washington. And, you know, Barry Switzer has a, a place in so many Nebraska fans' hearts. And as time has gone on, uh, you can kind of sit back and smile with Coach despite 1976, despite 1986, right? Despite 1987. And uh, had a chance to get caught up with Coach Switzer this week, and, and he's been so good over the years with us. And some thoughts here from Coach on Nebraska, Oklahoma. Specifically, Connor, let's get into to the topic of Sooner Magic and Coach Switzer's thoughts on uh, that label, uh, Sooner Magic, as uh, maybe Nebraska will have a little magic today. Here's Coach Switzer. There's too much been made out of the Sooner Magic, uh, things happening late in the game because of what coaches do. It's what players do. Mm-hmm. You, you get good players, uh, good players make big plays when you need them and need them most late in the ball game. And uh, I have been very fortunate to have very good, talented players make big plays when we needed them the most. And uh, and that's how we were successful. I mean, uh, you just average guys don't make plays like Keith Jackson did beat Nebraska. And, uh, uh, you know, Billy Sims makes great plays because he was eyes and trophy winner. So, <laughs> I, I don't give coaching. I, 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 coaching is a very important variable. But I see a lot of guys, because they're good coaches, I know they're good coaches, didn't recruit a coach and recruit as good a talent that I co-played with and uh, coached and uh, weren't as successful because of it. So I wanted uh, to put it where it is. Players, good players make big plays when you need them. And uh, that's what basically what happened. And that's what we call Sooner Magic. That's how I define it. You want to call it luck or voodoo. They're crazier than hell. It's players making plays. Luck, voodoo, no. It's guys making plays. Well, Keith Jackson made a play that stunned 20,000 in the south end zone. And uh, a little miscommunication that turned into memorable communication with Coach Switzer and the Nebraska fan base. The time, 20,000 Nebraska fans told Barry he was number one. Here's more from Coach. It's like one of those practices. Practice something in the card section. What happened was that it was after the comeback victory, I think, in 86, when we came to behind, scored 10 points in the last few minutes of the uh, ball game to win and kick the field goal. Keith Jackson made some great plays, and I go talk to Tom in the middle of the field, shake his hands, and I've got my big six-foot-six state police officer walking off, Jerry Kaysen walking off the field with me, and we're walking from midfield, the 50-yard line, toward the end zone where we go to the dressing room, and I know that they were stunned. People were still sitting up there, grandfathers, fathers and mothers and children and all still just sitting there and there was really no one around me just being jerry walking that way because field had kind of scattered out all of a sudden i said jerry it's astounding they're just still sitting there and i kind of pointed at them i guess they thought i was talking about them about the time when i pointed about twenty thousand people gave me the bird and i said god i'd love to have a picture of that a panoramic shot of twenty thousand people giving you the finger little kids mamas and dads granddads, grandmamas. i mean it was instantaneous and this, it, this i'm not making it up it's true it happened I, I was stunned i started laughing i mean i just thought that was so neat and i wasn't saying anything negative about them. i said god they're still sitting there and I can imagine that. Was it in reference because you pointed to them, or do you think were they so heartbroken about Keith? I think it was when Keith? I pointed at them. When I pointed at them, it's like, boo, I'm, take that, take that, and I'm pointing at them. You know, I just all of a sudden pointed up there. 
They thought I was making a negative gesture toward them. Well, they damn sure gave me one. Ah, uh, the bootlegger, Barry Switzer. Hail Varsity Radio, we are on the road this morning. Uh, weekend edition in Norman. As uh, we're winding down this first hour, Brandon Vogel will join us, uh, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, we will be sure to run down the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. We're here in the Festival Lot RV Central tailgate capital of uh, Norman. A lot of red, uh, a lot of white, and uh, some hopeful Husker fans. Hour two continues here from Norman. Roadshow Saturday with Hail Varsity Radio. It's powered by Aero Capital and uh, Ferris Financial Group. Hour two next with Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he was 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back at it, weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are in Norman as uh, kickoff looms between Nebraska and Oklahoma. Touching gloves at 11 for big noon kickoff. We were walking by the uh, stadium last night. Uh, a chance to uh, to kind of see the, the Fox Sports big noon set up. It was uh, really pretty cool. Elijah Herbal and that glorious mustache is uh, next to me. Uh, for hour two, he's made the roadie down to Norman. How was the trip? Uh, not too bad. It was a little long. Um, we finally got in last night around 9.30, um, popped into the Airbnb, uh, went to bed uh, to get ready for this. So it uh, wasn't too bad at the end of the day, but uh, not a trip I've ever made before. I've never gone south of Kansas. So, <laughs> Well, uh, you'll, you'll contemplate that in the future, but good work. Uh, we are going to welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Brandon Vogel is, uh, it's a big game. Vogues is here, and uh, he is uh, ready to get set up. Uh, Brandon, good to spend time with you, man. Uh, it's been a, a week's worth of Nebraska-Oklahoma thoughts, the past and, and now the present. Uh, what's your uh, outlook today? For Nebraska, what are some things you think the Big Red can do well, uh, and what what do they need to do well specifically, uh, phase wise, offensively to to start fast? Thanks for the time this morning, man. All right, Connor, what are we doing here, brother? So we are efforting Vogues. Is that true or false? Looks like the phone call may have dropped it from what I'm seeing here on the okay. uh, little screen from Connor. You mentioned the screen. Let's tell folks about that real quick. You can check us out, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, uh, and we are hooked up with StreamYard. And watch the show. That might scare you. That might make you go, oh, he's really not... 75 with a cigarette in the hand. Uh, no, it's it's good. The backdrop, uh, it's sunny. It's 
really pleasant right now uh, here in Norman. And uh, we're kind of awaiting Brandon Vogel get his take on things uh, this morning here with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. So when we look at things here, Elijah, we look at Nebraska, we look at where uh, the program wants to be versus where it's at, kind of the here and now versus what it what it was. And uh, that's been a topic. Really, you bump into Oklahoma fans and uh, different uh, folks associated with the program. They've been through it. They went through it uh, post-Coach Switzer. They went through it uh, to the tune of, okay, uh, there's Gary Gibbs, there's Howard Schnellenberger, uh, here's John Blake, and then uh, Joe Castiglione knocked one out of the bleeping park with big game Bob Stoops. And you had a 20-year run, a national championship. You played for a lot of others. And then the secession where he hands it off early to keep a talent like Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and... uh it, it kind of reminds me of that situation they had down at Clemson where you can just hand it off to another coach and you set him up well with a uh, with another coach with like great recruiting classes. I look at what Nebraska volleyball does, um, and you see what John Cook is setting up for whoever is eventually going to replace him uh, with the test the talent he brings in every single year. Whenever you can set up a coach like that, you're only setting him up for success. If a coach can get wins early in his tenure, it makes their job so much easier, and Lincoln Riley's had just that. He stepped into a job with a lot of talent here at Oklahoma. It makes recruiting easy. I mean, you see Oklahoma consistently bring in these top five classes and that's easy to do when you're going 11-1 and and winning the Big Ten every single year, 12-0 and and making it to the college football playoff. Uh, They've done really well, but but one thing I'll say here is uh, just from walking around here in Norman, seeing people, Oklahoma fans have been pretty respectful to Nebraska fans. I already had one fan say, uh, we miss having you around, Uh, so uh, been been impressed with my trip to Norman here so far, and uh, getting a text in here from Connor Uh, we're having issues with the phone lines right now. Uh, I might step away and give Connor a phone call and see yeah, if we get this figured let's out. Let's do that, and uh, we'll get uh, Vogue's figured out. He's waiting on a call back, so we'll get Brandon Vogel locked in. We'll talk to the Iron Horse Gary Sharp shortly. Uh, that's uh, the plan here this morning. As we're here in Norman, parking lot is buzzing. The the, the buzz of <laughs> uh, portable uh, generators. Uh, making the sounds, all the sounds of uh, what you want on a tailgate morning, right? Uh, guy to the neck, to, to the the right of us is his TV setup uh, going. So we will uh, work on Brandon Vogel. Let's go back to, to some thoughts here from Coach Switzer in uh, just a moment. Numbers to get in. All right, if you're up and around, you're getting that. Uh, Trip to the store figured out for uh, halftime good goodies. Uh, let's figure out where Nebraska wants to go today uh, with uh, their game plan offensively. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a, a, a more a, a step game? Is it going to be a situation where the the freshman Gabe Irvin uh, picks up where he left off? Savion Morrison. He is a native Oklahoman. And man, oh man, he would love to get an opportunity to perform and uh, and thrive in front of his friends and family with his native state. Uh, there's the, the three that you've seen glimpses of, and let's talk running styles, right? You have Step, is kind of that attitude. He's that downhill. Uh, is Nebraska going to be able to, to try and move the line of scrimmage? They've not been able to very successfully uh 
this early part of the year when you look at the Illinois game and even uh, against Buffalo. But I like Nebraska continuing to try and do so uh, with the run game. We'll see if, if Step's an option. It was interesting. Step was sitting there cranking out weights during the, the post-game interview session last Saturday. Uh, I think Irvin is a guy that can be nice out of the backfield, but when we talk uh, Nebraska football in their run game, it's been a nice surprise, and it's been well executed to see the option game with Toure. Uh, and and you have that lead back, whether it's been Stapp or Irvin, and then you have uh, Toure flanked out. I'd love to see Nebraska continue to test uh uh, their opponents, Oklahoma being one today with that option game. And I believe I believe we can get Brand- I believe we can get Brandon Vogel's opinion on this. I believe Brandon Vogel should we be on the phone lines. Vogues, how's Oklahoma City, man? Thanks for hanging in with us. Yeah, doing well. Um, actually, just pulling into Norman now, so should be at the stadium shortly. Well, how's the traffic, and how is the? Uh, the Husker interaction last night, man. How was, how were, how were things uh, a little further up the road from us in Norman? You were in OKC. Yeah, so I ended up getting in a little bit late to Oklahoma City. So we just uh, headed downtown a little bit. The first place we tried to go, to go was closed for a private event, which tended to, ended up being a, a Nebraska fan's private event. Um, so we found another spot around there. And, a lot of a lot of Husker fans are out and about. A lot of students out and about, which is uh, good to see. You know, it felt a little bit like old times in that regard. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio uh, at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. So, Vogues, uh, let's dive into a who's going to be the the back today. Who who does it need to be? Who's the tone setter for the Big Red carrying the football? Let's take Adrian out of the equation. We know he's going to be needing to use his legs today. Who helps him with that adventure? Yeah, I, I think offensively for for Nebraska, there, there are two things here. The offensive line has to play better. And, you know, I, I don't expect, I guess I would be surprised if this offensive line all of a sudden came out and, you know, punched a whole 200 yards wide in Nebraska in terms of rushing the football. But they've got to be able to give Adrian Martinez enough time because the thing the Huskers have to do is hit some explosive plays, I think, just to keep pace with with an Oklahoma offense that's definitely going to put up some yards and points of its own. Vogue's explosive plays are going to be key. The run game will help the play action. Is, Is Nebraska, you know, what do you think the game plan looks like today, bud? Is it a situation where Nebraska will try and throw short, kind of dare I go swing pass. <laughs> but I'm, what I mean, though, is the tight ends and the backs, those matchups out of the backfield to, to try and kind of spread out. Or does Nebraska just start out going vertical versus laterally with, with their attack, either in the pass game or the run game? Uh, it seems like Oklahoma, um, with all their four and five stars, they're able to, to cover ground uh, any which way, laterally. <laughs> Uh, but they've also got uh, incredible recovery speed here. Uh, what matchup do you think Nebraska can, can go after? Yeah, you know, re-watching that two-lane game this week, um, 
Tulane threw, I think they threw the ball about 45 times, which was the most since Willie Fritz has been there. I think he's been there five or six seasons at this point. So they really came out with a quick passing attack, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Nebraska try that to, to loosen things up. And also, you got to it's a, it's a it's a way to deal with that Oklahoma pass rush if you're struggling to deal with it in kind of the traditional way. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that if Nebraska has it closer to its full complement of wide receivers and tight ends, that helps. Um, I, you know, in terms of key guys, Samori Ture looked like one of, if not their best player through three games. Uh, he's somebody who I think has to be heavily involved, and he's somebody who you feel pretty good just with the way that he carries himself of uh, being up for a game like this. So for me, it's it's a pretty big game for both Adrian Martinez and Toure. You start there, if those two are working, um, then you can then you get a few more options. So we'll see if Nebraska is able to do that. Vogues, who can compliment Toure in, in the, the receiving game today? I think you're going to have... Vocal, I'd give it a try. I think yeah, you might have a Manning sighting. I don't think you're going to get Martin. I know Austin Allen's going to give it a go. From a matchup standpoint, is, is today a big day for, for Austin Allen, assuming he's been cleared? It, it is, and that's as you're running through those, that was the first name that came to mind. Um, and we've seen it from him, too. He, he obviously is somebody who wanted to be a captain, was named captain, and just is kind of, you always get the sense with him that he's in it all the way. Um, it, so this doesn't feel like a game that's going to be too big for uh, a player like Austin Allen. So I think that's your number one. And he's also just such a versatile player. You know, you think back to that absolutely crucial and tough catch he made against um, Iowa last year. Like, he's, he's had some moments where he can, he can do these things. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, when you're looking at this passing game as a whole with all the athletes on this Oklahoma defense, all the four stars and five stars, and, and just uh, the amount of talent Lincoln Riley can bring in there, who do you think is more important in terms of getting that passing game going today? Is it Adrian Martinez and his protection, or is it the wide receivers getting opening and giving Adrian a target? Yeah, uh, probably probably the protection piece of it. Because, I mean, this, this Oklahoma defensive front is stocked with future NFL guys. And it doesn't have the size of, say, in Illinois. It's not kind of prototypically Big Ten in that way. But they sure got the speed, and they've got accomplished pass rushers, um, two of them in particular on the defensive line. But then also Nick Benito at linebacker is, you know, <laughs> That's that's his stock stock and trade. So having to deal with that, I think, is the first piece of it. Like Nebraska's always been able through their passing concepts to get guys open with pretty good regularity. So I think they'll be okay on that front. It's just a matter of does Adrian Martinez feel comfortable back, enough back there to kind of pick out those guys and, and make good throws. Vogues, we'll get to some volleyball in a second. Brandon Vogel is with us, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel. Who's got to thrive and star defensively for Nebraska? Is it a, a Damian Daniels? Is it, uh, if, you're, if you're picking, is, is it uh, a JoJo Doman? Is it Cam Taylor Britt? I mean, Cam's, Cam's been pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. We know about the special teams adventures. Is is today a, a breakout day for Cam Taylor Britt? Of those three, or maybe you have somebody off the board, 
that um, well, you know what they could they could really etch their name in, in Nebraska's Sooner lore today. Who are you looking at on the uh, on the black shirt side? Yeah, those are all. You can make a compelling case for any of those three. Um, of the group, I think the one that has to have, you know, the one where an absolutely huge game would matter the most is probably Cam Taylor Britt. Um, and we'll see, like, you know, a lot of teams so far have stayed away from him for the most part. Oklahoma's not a team. They're, they're confident enough in their scheme and their talent that they're going to go wherever they want to go. So you could see him be more involved. We've also seen Spencer Rattler. He'll, he'll throw an interception or two. Um, if you can kind of keep him in the pocket and cover well, like, that's on the table. So that's a big one. You know, if Nebraska doesn't get an interception in this game, it's probably going to be a pretty – I mean, it's going to be uphill no matter what. But that it, it looks to me almost as an essential is to get a turnover that way. So I'm putting my focus squarely on the secondary – and Cam Taylor Britt's leader of that group. He's probably their most accomplished player back there. He needs to play well. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And if uh, you want to check out the live stream, it's on Facebook, ESPN, Lincoln's Facebook, 101.5 FM, 1480 AM. Uh, and, and Brandon, sticking with this defensive theme here, who do you think a guy uh, that can get some pressure on Spencer Rattler is going to be? I think that's going to be the key. Tulane could get some pressure on Spencer Rattler, made him get rid of the ball a little bit before he wanted to. I think that led to uh, to uh, one of the interceptions, at least, against Tulane. Who, who's that guy for Nebraska that you think has got to step up and get some pressure on the quarterback? Yeah, Tulane, Tulane did a really good job of that with bringing some guys from the secondary. And we've seen Nebraska do that with particularly both of those safeties. So, you know, if you see... Deontay Williams or Markel Dismuke in some cases kind of back there and applying pressure. Uh, that's probably a pretty good sign. You know, this this might be a kind of standout spot for somebody like Feldarius Payne. Um, we, you know, he hasn't had a ton of snaps. He's been pretty noticeable in a good way when he's been out there. And, you know, just looking at some of, like, the PFF grades for him, like, he's grading out pretty high in, you know, a limited amount of snaps. So, granted, but he seems like a guy who just kind of has the motor to, to make some plays when he's out there. And, you know, we'll see if Casey Rogers is good to go for this, but he was pretty consistent at getting in there and forcing the issue. Didn't end up with a ton of sacks last year, but getting him back on the defensive line, I think could help in that regard as well. Ben Stilling had a really nice game against Buffalo with uh, several pressures, lots of tackles, Nebraska always able to come up with a TFL uh, on on a third down that was well pretty critical. And of course, uh, what does Rymers do carrying over? I mean, it had been five years since Nebraska had a defensive player of the week in conference. Rymers' athleticism, man, and his grit, his toughness is going to be a welcome sight patrolling that middle. Vogue's huge matchup. Louisville comes to town. Uh, for Nebraska, uh, Huskers trying to, to kind of right themselves. Only John Cook, with a group of incredible freshmen, is going to say, uh, bring it, let's let's go Creighton, let's go Utah, let's go Stanford, and let's put the cherry on top before conference season uh, with Louisville uh, against uh, a former Husker. Uh, give me a, a thought on volleyball tonight here, and, and does Nebraska bounce back? I think they do. I expect Nebraska to play pretty well in this one. You know, it feels a little bit like the Creighton match where 
with Danny Busboom Kelly returning, it's going to be kind of a celebratory atmosphere. And Louisville's playing at a really, really high level. They're doing a lot of things that Nebraska, you know, hopes to do every season. Their hitting percentage is way up there above 300. They're holding teams under 150 defensively. So, and they've got some players. It, it's going to be a challenge. I'm going to guess, you know, coming off that Stanford loss, Nebraska has redoubled its efforts to get ready for this one. So I expect them to play pretty well. Um, doesn't paper over any of the questions we've had from the matches we've seen so far, but you get a game like this at home. Um, really the biggest, well, definitely the biggest home match they've had so far this season. Um, I expect Nebraska to do pretty well. Brandon, before we let you go here on this uh, Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio, John Cook's been playing a lot of younger guys in this starting, or younger girls, I should say, in this starting lineup. Um, uh, you saw that against Stanford, especially. Do you expect that to continue against Louisville, or do you think this is a this is a match where John Cook's going to want to get his best players out there and, and really get a win against one of the top teams in the country? Yeah, that, that, that's that'll be a really interesting question coming into this because you know, <laughs> not many coaches would kind of say, you know what, fine, we're just going to play all four freshmen against Stanford on the road, no less. Um, and it's you know indicative of a lot of things, I think. But I think you'll get back to something that looks closer to what Nebraska's lineup may be in the Big Ten. And, and who knows, you know, in certain facets, those freshmen played pretty well against Stanford. So I think you'll see a mix and a match. A lot of it will be, and I'm sure Cook will say this after the, after the match, a lot of it will have been dependent upon what Nebraska did in practice the past two days. But I, I'm thinking, you know, the big takeaway from these two losses for Nebraska is that they need some more out of their veterans. I expect the lineup to reflect kind of that urgency. Last side, Vogues. Is this a four-quarter game for the Big Red in Norman? I think it can be, and I think it should be. It's all going to be dependent on the start, which is no great insight, but, you know, if, if Oklahoma comes out and, and scores right away, Nebraska really needs to answer it's, it can be a four-quarter game if it's not uphill the whole way for the Huskers. And that's been the case more often than not against a variety of opponents. Against an opponent like this, it's, you know, it's almost a death sentence. You know, I keep thinking back to that 2018 Ohio State game. And you know what? Nebraska traded some punches early, and you were in a ball game the whole way. I think that could unfold. It's, Nebraska's got to go out and do it, though. Bogues, appreciate you much, man. Thanks for you know wading through some of the te- technical stuff for a few parts of this. Uh, money and nails, as always, with your thoughts and insight. We'll see you in the press box, bud, okay? Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, there he is, Brandon Vogel, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, managing editor, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Uh, Nebraska, a step forward perhaps against uh, Oklahoma, number three OU. We're on the road here in Norman, Roadshow uh, Weekend Edition. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we'll step away. Our road trip powered by the good folks at Arrow Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group. The Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, up next with Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back here in Norman, Hale Varsity rolls forward. 
Weekend edition presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh-oh, here comes Natty Light and Bush Light. These suitcases have arrived. Natterdays. <laughs> Natterdays it is. Uh, more Nebraska fans starting to uh, gather around. It's awesome to be down in Norman. Big thanks to Aero Brokerage, Ferris Financial Group, powering the road show. We bring in a man who's been to Norman a lot, seen so much Nebraska, Oklahoma. The Iron Horse with us, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, good morning. How you doing this Saturday, bud? Hey, good morning, Schmitty. Uh, it's a day of Boomer Sooner and GBR. Uh, it's a great helmet game, and uh, it's uh, going to be an interesting atmosphere in Norman, as you've already experienced. Yeah, the atmosphere's been good. I mean, you run into folks, uh, just talking to Vogues in Oklahoma City, you know, a few Nebraska fans uh, were having a good time. It, it's always fun to, to to take a breather down to Norman, man. I mean, the folks down here are so awesome. They they, they treat you right. They're they're awesome, and and it's paid back by Nebraska fans over the years. Obviously, with uh, with Sooner fans making their way into Lincoln uh, for this uh, historic and classic rivalry that's been on hold for uh, quite a while. Uh, but uh, a lot of nostalgia, a lot of history this week. Not as much focus on the actual game. T.O.'s not down here, uh, which totally get that, honestly. But uh, your takeaway here, man, as you've kind of progressed through the week, uh, where's your, your, uh, your radar at with, uh, with what happens today? Are you, have you drifted towards, okay, Nebraska can, can have a shot with this matchup? Or, man, OU's just, just too talented, too good. They already got their wake-up call against Tulane. How are you feeling going in here for, uh, in about two hours here with kickoff? Well, I posed a question on my show. Are you fearful or are you intrigued by this game? And I got a lot more fearful, and I think a lot of it has to do with Nebraska on this stage recently. They've laid a major egg. They've forgotten to show up, and they've just gotten railroaded. And when things start to cave in, Nebraska goes south. I'm actually intrigued because I think this is going to start to tell us a little bit more about this football team, which, for the most part, throughout the position groups, we don't know a lot about through three weeks, and that can be a little bit uneasy when you're going against Oklahoma. Now, I think this is a really good Oklahoma team. I don't think they're great. And there are a couple of things that Oklahoma does that if you're looking for Nebraska to have an opening to keep this game competitive and keep it interesting, Oklahoma sometimes gets bored. They'll jump out to a big lead, and then they kind of fall asleep, and they don't put teams away. We saw that with Kansas State last year. We saw that actually with Tulane in their first game of the season. I don't put much stock into the Western Carolina game. Like I don't put much, a ton of stock in Nebraska's game against Fordham. But you have openings where you have to take advantage of them. But I'm intrigued to see how Nebraska responds. You know, there's a lot of things that Nebraska doesn't do well, that Oklahoma does really, really well, that concern you. But my thing I'm going to watch is at some point this game is going to have a break for Nebraska, but then there's going to be a, po- a moment where Oklahoma looks really good and you start to go, oh, boy, here we go again. How does Nebraska on this stage handle that? Do they let it cave in, or does somebody say, nope, not today, and they stand up and they make a play, or they find a way on a play call to change the fortune of the game? I think there's a ton of intrigue in this game, but it's going to be a challenge, uh, and there's nothing that, that has gone for Nebraska that you would say, man, they got a fighter's chance. No, I think they have a chance to keep this competitive, and then how do you react? Because I think we'd all be disappointed if you make it through the first quarter, and it's just like the last time Nebraska was in Norman, and you're down 28 nothing. Gary, 
uh, your, your point here about fans being fearful, that's interesting to me because you have, you have Scott Frost come out in a Thursday press conference and say, we've got very little to lose. And from a, a fan's perspective, I, th- I think you see that the same way as uh, the national media is not expecting Nebraska to do much in this game. Even local media is just hoping Nebraska can keep it competitive. Um, so it, it's interesting to me that fans are, are fearful of this matchup because it feels like even for fans as well, it, it's nothing to lose in this matchup where uh, if you come out and Oklahoma beats you by 23 like Vegas is expecting, you go, okay, and if Nebraska can keep it close, uh, I, I think it's a result that will make Nebraska fans happy even if Nebraska doesn't win the football game. Well, I, I hope his comment, and I, and I, you know what, I hate that comment. I hate what he said. You always have things to lose. Yeah, is there more to gain by pulling a major upset? Yes. But you always have things to lose. And Nebraska is in no position where you go, ah, it's just a game. We play Michigan State in the Big Ten next week. You don't get these stages very often. So, yes, you have something to lose. I hated that statement. But there was another part of his statement that I'm kind of encouraged by and I would love to see. This is kind of the Scott Frost game, guys. He wanted out of this game. There is no denying that. That is the storyline that he wanted out of that game. Nebraska fans don't want to be doubly embarrassed. They don't want to have, whoa, our football coach tried to get out of this game, and then we went and laid an egg. This is a Scott Frost game because you already know what the sentiment is going right now, and we don't know where this football team is going. There are certain elements of this team I really like, but they've got to start to make the big jump. Now, he said we're going to attack and play fast. You know what? In my head, I'm like, bam. That's the perfect mindset to go into this game with no fear of failure. I think one of the toughest things for a road game that I've ever encountered following Nebraska is 06 when Bill Callahan went to USC. And he said, get in and get out, and let's just kind of uh, let's you know, soften the damage here. And that game plan, which was awful, and I thought it robbed people that spent a lot of money and energy to go to the game in Los Angeles. I think Scott today, especially with Adrian at quarterback, he goes with no fear of failure, play calling, and he kind of opens it up a little bit. And you might see a wrinkle or two. I don't think it'll be drastic changes, but you might see something you haven't seen. And I think that's perfect for Scott because they need to instill some confidence. But Nebraska's got to get off to a good start, guys. They've only scored one touchdown in the first quarter. It's important today for Nebraska to get points out of their scripted plays. Because if you go through all of your scripted plays and you're not able to put in the end zone, then you go, uh-oh. So I think it's important for a quick start. And I think going with a no-fear-of-failure play calling, I kind of like that idea. Gary Sharps with us, the Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Radio. We're on the road this morning in Norman. Tailgate's uh, going on. I think some brats are about to get put on the old uh, grill in a moment. Uh, a lot of red uh, here in the... Uh, RV lot here, the uh, the tailgate central. Sharpie, you nailed it with uh, kind of actions uh, matching words with attack, play fast, no fear of failure. And uh, Scott, man, he's he's been in the zone a lot of times in his career with just 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 killing it, doing a great job with play call and uh, and being dialed in. Where's Nebraska's advantage today, in your opinion? On offense, uh, and and Adrian's obvious, but but who else joins him today if this thing does go four quarters? Well, Nebraska is fortunate that Torre is as advertised, and you watch some of the things he's done in his position. He's an NFL wide receiver, and I look at this game either for Adrian or Torre or some of the guys on the defensive side of the football, and even for Oklahoma. 
guys, this film is going to show up when we get around to draft time again because NFL teams are going to look at both sides of the football and go, okay, there's some players here. How did you match up against them? I think on offense, it's going to have to be a case of, you know, Nebraska's going to have to find a way to score 35 points at least if they want to win this game. I don't know that they can get into a shootout. I think the kind of game they win is probably one of those kind of ugly, both teams turn it over a little bit. There's kind of a stalemate between the 20s defensive kind of game. But if you're looking at the offense, I think Nebraska has to score at least 35. So how do they get there? I think a lot of quick game, and the wide receivers have to find separation. We don't know if Oliver Martin's going to play, so that would impact. But I believe that both tight ends will play. You can have a double tight end set with Allen and Vokalek, and Vokalek is a blocker, so that, that helps that offensive line. I think the quick game, wide receivers getting open and just keep it going. A little bit of pace, a little bit of tempo. What worries me to death is that offensive line. There has been one guy all year that's been consistent, and that's Camp Jurgens. He's got a great matchup today. Perrion Winfrey from Iowa Western is going to be right on his nose. This is an Oklahoma defense, especially with the front seven. They're number one in the country in quarterback pressures. They get after the quarterback. They have one of the best defensive lines that Nebraska will see all year. And you walk into Norman and you got issues with the other four guys on your offensive line. That really, really worries me. I don't know how Nebraska is going to run the ball in the quarterback handoff game. They're going to have to find different ways, whether it be the double tight end set with blocking wide receivers with a lead block, Adrian being a magician, to run the football and run it with success because the last thing they can afford is to go three and out. So it's going to be tough on offense, but they're going to need Adrian to kind of come up with some big plays, maybe some broken plays that end up in big chunk plays. But Nebraska needs seven today. They don't need three. They need seven. When they have an opportunity to score, you've got to put up a seven against Oklahoma instead of settling for a field goal. Gary Sharp's with us here on the Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, Gary, when you're talking about keeping Adrian safe, I, I think uh, the offensive line is a big concern. However, uh, I look at a guy in Gabe Irvin. He's been the best pass-protecting running back. Do you think that means he is going to be getting uh, a, a, a lion's share of the snaps today just because of his uh, success in picking up blitzers and, and picking up pass rushers uh, and keeping Adrian safe? That's a great observation, Elijah, and you're absolutely right. You know, one of the reasons that he did not play the entire game in opening week was one, Nebraska fell behind, and they were throwing a little bit more. But Irvin was really struggling with pass blocking. Well, let's fast forward to last Saturday. I thought he did a great job. I mean, that's a good sign. He's also starting to develop some confidence. I think it was a welcome to the world in that first game where holes weren't that big. He had trouble reading uh, where to go, and it wasn't all on the offensive line. Well, what we've seen in two weeks is he looks a little bit more confident, knows the playbook, can see a little bit, keeps his head up with a little bit of vision, kind of waits for some things to develop. I think he's the first guy today to run the football, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how he does because I think he's coming along. And you guys know I've, I've been a big Gabe Urban fan since I saw him in the spring, and I love that he has been able to adjust in a shorter period of time as he welcomes himself to the college game that now what is the next role for him? Is it straight in the run game, or do they get him out there a little bit and out of the backfield, maybe some swing passes today, maybe some screen passes, and number 22 is on the receiving end of a pass from Martinez. Gary Sharps with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, uh, keep you a couple more minutes, man. I love your insight, and thanks for spending Saturday morning with us. Flip it around defensively for Nebraska. Uh, you know, we talk about Toure needing to, to step up and Adrian and then Irvin. Uh, you've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball for Coach Chenander. The, the defense has been a strength. They can get some turnovers. Rattler is mistake-prone. 
Who are you uh, circling today? Is it Cam? Is it JoJo? Is it Deontay? Is it is it a Ben Stilly uh, super senior sack party? <laughs> I mean, what, what happens here with uh, with the, uh, the the defense? I mean, who really's got to got to be uh, well Reimer this week? <laughs> who's got to uh, well, who's got to kind of replicate that performance? Let, let me take the maybe the, the semi easy road out. I'm going to go up three levels. I think Oops. Oklahoma. First of all, Spencer Rattler is good. He's not been great, but he has shown that he can be great. He's got a big boy arm. He's cocky. Sometimes that big boy arm gets him in trouble thinking he can do things that he can't normally do. But when he is rolling, watch out. He also is very good at keeping plays alive with his feet. Now, he's not going to take off and run like Adrian, but he keeps plays alive outside of the pocket. So when Oklahoma goes to run the football, and they've got Brooks and Gray, and that's a pretty good combo to have. I think a guy like Damian Daniels has to have another good day where he's clogging up the middle and he's making it easier for the linebackers to do work. I thought the linebackers last week against Buffalo had one of their best games across the board that I've seen in a while, and especially those inside linebackers. So Henrich, Reimers, and Kalarvik are going to have to be really solid today and read the keys and keep their eyes up. Eye discipline is going to be huge for Nebraska defense. And then on the back end, this is a good collection of wide receivers. Ohio State has the best in the country. Oklahoma's not very far behind, and Rattler can find those guys, and they all offer you something different. Whether you've got somebody that's six foot four, or you've got Mario Williams, a freshman who's five foot nine. So Nebraska defensive backs—they're going to have to match the speed. There's going to be a ton of speed on the field today, and Nebraska's defensive backs are going to have to stay with their guys. And they're going to have to run with them. And then another key part for everybody, whether it be the, the defensive line, the linebackers, or the defensive backs, they're going to have to, when they cover in space, they're going to have to make open field tackles. Because if you aren't able to bring somebody down in the open field on a one-on-one and they break it, it's a house call. And then you're going, uh-oh, here we go. But I, the, the defensive backfield is what I'm looking for. Can they stay with the wide receivers there's also two really good tight ends in this offensive package for OU. Can they stay with the wide receivers, and can they make plays on the ball? They don't need to intercept everything, but when there's a 50-50 ball, is it knocked away? Is it an advantage for uh, Nebraska? Because, again, there's some guys in the defensive backfield that this game's going to show up on tape next April when they're trying to be, get paid for uh, a living to play football. Gary, when, when you're looking at this defensive backfield, one of the things I've noticed this year is there hasn't been any targeting calls, which has been a, a big positive uh, when you look at how many times Markel Dismuke and uh, Deontay Williams were disqualified last season for targeting. seems like that was a real point of emphasis this offseason. Do you think those guys now going up against a, a top-five team are going to be out there trying to make some plays and lay some hits, uh, or, or do you think they're going to continue playing smart uh, and making sure that they're in the game as opposed to their backups? Well, I think they're, you, you can see. I think Travis Fisher is, has hit that home in the offseason on the proper technique. Now, you can't prevent everything, and you know how targeting is called these days. Um, you know, something that doesn't look like targeting, they're going to review, and you're out of the game. Uh, I think they'll continue to play the way. They played smart back there. I like how Deontay Williams has played. Now, here's the guy that needs to show up today. Cam Taylor Britt wasn't great against Buffalo, and I don't know if he was trying to do too much and make that home run play, that interception, or whatever. And, you know, he probably gets a little bit bored because not a lot of people want to challenge him. Well, today is different. Rattler will challenge number five. So can he make plays? Can he knock the ball away? Can he make an interception here or there? But that defensive back group, I like him. And I think another guy to watch today because of the height of the OU wide receiver, I think we're going to see a lot of Braxton Clark. 
Clark is really coming on after he's healthy. He's six four. I think he's somebody that can defend the six foot four Hazelwood and those kind of wide receivers that OU is going to roll out there. Sharpie will say goodbye. What's your lock of the weekend here? Be it uh, an over under number, an in game uh, uh, situation with Nebraska, or maybe there's a game uh, around the nation: uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Obviously, big noon. And uh, the Fox uh, gem today. That said, there's a ton of good college football games uh, across the country. Yeah, there's a lot of intrigue in the Big Ten. First, I like Oklahoma today, 45-21. to 21. Inside of the game, I think Adrian Martinez plays really, really well. I think Adrian, with his arm and his legs, there's going to be a couple of times during the game where he will make some big plays. They're going to ask a lot of him. He may run the ball 20 times today. But I think Adrian plays well, and I think he puts up big numbers and – you know, guys, you know what the narrative is like. If Adrian has a big game and Nebraska is competitive and we get to the fourth quarter, then people might be changing how they talk about last dance Adrian. Uh, around the country, I like Penn State in the whiteout tonight. I don't trust Auburn. Auburn really hasn't played anybody yet, and now it's an SEC team on the road at night in Big Ten country. Penn State's coming on. I mean, we're blessed with a Bo Nix, Sean Clifford matchup at quarterback in college football. That's the one I like, but I also like next week's opponent for Nebraska – Six-and-a-half-point underdog. I like Michigan State with Mel Tucker to go into Miami, who I think is very overrated, and win that game and then set up next week where you go, oh, boy, the season is on like Donkey Kong. Sharpie, awesome stuff, and I love it. I love uh, Sparty as well. Uh, Enjoy your Saturday, Gary. Thanks again. We'll uh, catch up next week. Appreciate your time, bud. Have fun, guys. This has been a fun week looking back, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a wild atmosphere in that stadium. Let's hope it's a, a game where at halftime you're not looking at your wife and going, should we go to the grocery store? Instead, you're like, where do I go for, the, where do I go for more in the fridge? Uh, exactly. Sharpie, be good, buddy. Take care, man. Thanks, guys. There he is, Gary Sharp with us, Sale Varsity Radio. We are uh, winding down uh, here in Norman. Do not forget real red reaction your chance to sound off phone in tweet in find us on the socials we'll be uh, streaming live uh, and on air of course espn lincoln fm 1015 1480 a.m and we'll have a halftime update update as well uh from the press box in norman some first half takes and uh sharpie uh, laid a lot out there when it comes to mindset mentality execution and then ultimately, Elijah, the result here with this stage. And uh, you fight in Nebraska because of history and tradition. I mean, they've had a birthright of a brand. And that brand has allowed them this stage for years. Quite frankly, for two decades after their, their zenith. So what do you do with that brand an opportunity today it's on display against another blue blood in oklahoma it's been a just incredible week of ou nebraska thoughts and memories and fun and now uh, the the present tense is what's key what does nebraska do ron checks in uh from yesterday and today and says uh it's okay if they lose today they're supposed to it's how they lose and and ron bingo uh it's not that you want nebraska to lose as a nebraska fan 
or you've even lowered your own bar saying, well, it's okay. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a reality where number three and then there's Nebraska. Should it be that way? Different discussion. Again, what we're talking about, staying between the lines right now, it's how do you lose? Do you, do you just get flat out boat raced by a better team? Or are you sloppy along the way where it is gift wrapped? And that's what Nebraska fans can't take. That's what they fear about this stage against a team the caliber of Oklahoma. It's about the embarrassment factor. Nebraska can come in here and lose to Oklahoma. Fans are going to be okay with that. It's the they'll understand of, it. it they'll, they'll understand it. This is a very good Oklahoma team that's going to be in, in conversation for the college football playoff two months from now. Uh, it's just about not getting embarrassed. Uh, if you can go out there, play a respectable game, play a clean football game, uh, give Oklahoma a good half of football, three quarters of football, Nebraska fans will be satisfied. Opportunity is the word of the day. You have a great opportunity here to show on a national stage uh, that Nebraska, while maybe not uh, good enough to beat Oklahoma, is a step above where they were a year ago, even three weeks ago against Illinois. So opportunity is my word of the day. Can Nebraska go out there and, and take uh, advantage of this opportunity that they have today? All right, we'll be back at your Real Red Reaction uh, probably around 2.30 or 3 o'clock uh, live from the, uh, the RV lot here from Tailgate Central in Norman as we are off to, uh, to Owen Field, even though it's not called that anymore. Did I learn that? Uh, it's not Owen Field anymore. I think it's Oklahoma Memorial Stadium it, there it, it, well, I mean, it's always been Memorial Stadium, but Owen Field, mm. well, it's something. It, it's you know, 15 people named after it, but uh, we'll be there, and uh, we'll be back. Big thanks to Connor Clark. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel. Thanks to Coach Switzer. Thanks to Grant Wistrom. Thanks to Elijah Herbal. Chris Schmidt, we'll talk to you here uh, this afternoon on ESPN Lincoln with Real Red Reaction. Enjoy Nebraska, Oklahoma. Thanks for tuning in with ESPN Lincoln. And yes, big thanks to our friends, Ferris Financial Group, Aero Brokerage, powering this road show to Norman. Get a brat, get a beer. And uh, settle it in Nebraska, Oklahoma on the way.